Hey, it's Ralph here. Q1 is now closing and it probably didn't go as well as you had hoped, but I'm sure your agency is probably telling you that they crushed it. But in reality, it crushed you. If your agency isn't on the same page as you are, if there's something wrong, but you can't quite put your finger on what that thing is, go on over to tier11.com forward slash apply. It will set you up on a call to show you a better way to look at your business, not just metrics that make us agencies look good, but something that actually moves the needle and makes you more money, acquires more new customers, and ultimately achieves your vision. Head on over to tier11.com forward slash apply today. Hello and welcome to the Perpetual Traffic Podcast. This is your host, Ralph Burns, and this is the show where we share cutting-edge strategies and acquiring leads and sales to acquire more customers for your business. And I got to say, I'm pretty excited about today's show because there's no cossum to bother me, to bug me. It is all just pure, highly entertaining content with one Lauren Petrullo, otherwise known as Petrullo, because she just came back from three months in Italy and... Wow, a bit of a different type of culture there from what we were saying pre-record. Care to share any stories about your last three months in Italy? Maybe the work environment, the family environment. There's so much to deconstruct and discuss here, but I think the listeners would be very interested. What's it like having an American working in Italy for three months? I would say uh, the biggest differences between the American versus the Italian side is that I review food as fuel versus their religious aspect to it. They pace out their courses and have one antipasto, then a salad, then the first course, and there's bread where I'm like, shove it all into one plate. Let me take the plate to my computer. Same stomach. I don't need to make this a ritual by any means. So from food consumption in, it's a really big culture shock. And then food consumption out. Every single house has a bidet, but not the Hello Tushy attach on like a whole separate urinal style bidet. And that is, once you get used to it, it's hard to not have it anymore. It's hard to not have it anymore. I was just in Thailand two months ago and my first experience with a smart toilet. And I was like, when it happened, I'm like, should I post this on social media? Am I sharing too much? But it was a little bit too pleasurable for my taste. I felt, I don't know how I felt. I still feel I should have smoked a cigarette afterwards. <laughs> I did tell my wife, I was like, I just experienced for the first time a smart toilet and it was absolutely amazing. And can we get one? And her answer was no. But the point is I actually did experience it. So I haven't gone the bidet route yet, but that was one of the highlights of my bathroom experience, which I did not post on social, but here I am posting it before hundreds of thousands of people to listen every single month. So highly recommended. You know, you got to experiment with things outside of just American traditions, whether it's the 10 minute lunch at your computer, take a two hour lunch and invite the family, you know, kind of like <laughs> happens in Italy. Test out the bidet, experience new things. Yeah. But limit your two hour lunches. I mean, that was, it's like 11 to 1, one thirty, And then five hours later, there was a two hour dinner. It was a disruptive Isn't there a nap experience. in between? There's a nap in between there though, right? It's a siesta. I mean, we had a merenda, which is a snack that you get. So you, you have like a middle food. I look, I gained a kilo a week, okay? The Catholic churches, churches, as we talk about, like they have no cushions, but I'm good now. The first month was terrible. <laughs> 
Yeah, you got to put a little extra cellulose on your knees, though, on the kneeling thing, because there's no padding there either. So it's like your ass, your knees, and your back hurts. Well, you know, in the U.S., you can, like, squat. So, like, you're half kneeling, like, but all the weight's on your butt. Oh, uh, yeah. But in Italy, you have these 90-year-old women that are full-on, all-knee commitment, staring you down, being like... <laughs> you're half-assing the knee thing. Yeah. You feel guilty. So then you stand up straight and you're like all the pressures on like your patella. Yeah, it's horrible. I know. Well, the things you got to deal with. So <laughs> anyway, well, we're glad to have you here today. There's no more two hour lunches, but there is like a half hour, 40 minute just packed with meaty, juicy goodness on Pinterest. And that is the thing that we sort of left the perpetual traffic listeners hanging on the last time you were on. What were you going to do? How are you going to increase and enhance the perpetual traffic zero presence on Pinterest while also completely dissing my VP of marketing, Tom Selleck Meredith? Before we get into how you totally schooled Tom on this, let's get into maybe just a nugget of something somebody doesn't really know about Pinterest or some of the, especially on the e-com side, which I know you're really heavily into, like any nuggets of wisdom for our listeners on Pinterest? The nugget I would give you is a nugget if you can start now, because you're going to see massive impact in a few months. So Pinterest recently announced this huge partnership with Amazon, which makes it a partnership with the social media platform and this e-commerce giant that is unprecedented to other social media channels. So if you are listening and you have an Amazon storefront, if you're an Amazon seller, definitely check out Jamie's episode too, if you hadn't listened to it already. But the Pinterest and Amazon relationship that's coming, I think is going to make it the most influential platform for Amazon sellers to connect with buyers and get in front of new customers in a way that if I were to go deeper and say like, here's what is clearly laid out and changes that we can already see their new CFO making, mm. it will give you like goosebumps and excitement to think that, oh, Pinterest is the new shiny penny, despite it being so old. Yeah, absolutely. Perhaps we'll leave some links in the show notes so people can get a little bit more information on this. And maybe this is something when you come back. And oh, by the way, Lauren is going to be, we're pretty excited about this, is going to be a regular guest here on Perpetual Traffic because right now it's just all dudes talking Google and Facebook ads and occasionally conversion architecture and all the other sort of stuff that's after the click. So like you bring a unique view of the world and digital marketing. I'm pretty excited to have you on here today. And this Pinterest episode is going to be pretty epic. And at 30 days to 3,000 clicks, 1,200x stronger than Meta, and you completely humiliated our VP of marketing. We're going to get into that right after this quick break. You're listening to Perpetual Traffic. Well, there is no question that when it comes to influence and persuasion in digital marketing, no one, and I mean no one, commands more respect than Dr. Robert Cialdini. If you have never read his books, Influence and Persuasion, I swear you are missing so much in your digital marketing, not only as an influencer and an advertiser, but as just a great marketer. And that's why I'm so excited to invite you to a free webinar where he'll be sharing 
his latest insights on new e-commerce strategies. Now, alongside Dr. Cialdini, you'll learn from Bass Wilders and the authors of Reputation King, my buddies Scott Branley and DJ Sprague. Attendees will absolutely be able to understand exactly how to gain a competitive edge in the marketplace by leveraging online reputation management. Now, that's something that we haven't talked about here on this show all that much. And it's more reason for you to register for the webinar here, which is completely free over at reputationking.com forward slash PT. So join us on April 18th from 12 noon to 2 p.m. Eastern. That's 9 a.m. to 11 a.m. Pacific for you West Coasters by registering at reputationking.com forward slash PT. Once again, that's reputationking.com forward slash PT. Cialdini has been a huge influence on me. and I can't wait to see how his new e-commerce strategies resonate with you and how they affect your business in a positive way using reputation management. Make sure that you register for the April 18th free webinar at reputationking.com forward slash PT. All right, we are back with Lauren Petrullo and we're going to be talking Pinterest. How many times have we talked about Pinterest on Perpetual Traffic? I think like once, maybe twice. And like the other time was, I think, when you were on. So this is a big deal. This is yet another way for you to get traffic. And you volunteered to do it, which is very, very cool. And we really, really appreciate that. But it's kind of cool to be able to start something from nothing. I feel like we're almost like the Pat Flynn's of Pinterest. We start a business and then we're just completely transparent of how much money we're making or how much money we're not making. This should be like an ongoing thing of how you're continually adding to it, as well as bringing all these very cool tips and strategies to our listeners here. So 30 days to 3,000 clicks, that's big. People are going to be like, well, it's probably a lot of bots there. It's probably bad traffic. So let's address all the haters as you go through this sort of step-by-step, but also just show how much better you are than Tom. And I think that's the most important thing for you and a good motivator for me as his boss. So how did you do it? And we're going to go into a screen share here. And if you don't have it, we'll try and describe it if you're listening. And if not, we'll give you links in the show notes to the YouTube channel, which is where you can watch this. Yeah, so take it away. How do we do this? First and foremost, if you are watching on YouTube, welcome. Uh, You will start to see some of the similar content because we've been repurposing content from YouTube, from Instagram, and all the social channels and bringing it into Pinterest. So what I've got on my screen right now is the Pinterest homepage for Perpetual Traffic's podcast. And this again started at zero. So we kicked off officially May 24th. So we're literally at the month right now of how long we've been working on this page. And we're at right now almost 30,000 monthly views. So that's not 30,000-ish impressions that come and go. It's a recurring compounding and should scale up as we continue to post because a big thing about Pinterest is consistency. And since we've been repurposing a lot of the content, you'll see that we've got lots of pins that we've been able to add directly to the profile. And we've organized them in a few of these boards that we'll load in just a second. Well, I have it on a different screen. So we have been grouping them into these boards. So at a high level, when I was like, hey, give me your perpetual traffic podcast Pinterest page. Like I partnered with Tom in the sense of he helped me create the page. He helped me set it all up because there wasn't even one in existence before. So Tom did something here. Yes. Tom Salak (laughs) Meredith, you are not useless. Okay. You're just not Lauren. (laughs) 
he's well aware of that. <laughs> Already feeling insecure. I can feel his insecurity. He's actually like next door in the next room as we record this. So we go on. <laughs> well, don't worry. You'll get the credit later, Tom, but this is my hour to shine. So sorry about Absolutely. it. Absolutely. Because he's not on the show. So exactly. Him and Kasim can't defend themselves. Right. I love that. What I've got shared on the screen right now is if you go to the saved, so this is the public profile. If you go to saved, you can see all of the boards, these boards, we've got artificial intelligence, conversion, media buying, tier 11, YouTube blog, etc. These are just the initial starts of a board. For those that are unfamiliar with Pinterest, just high level, boards are like your playlists on Spotify. It's a grouping of all the different pins so that the user who's interested in diving deeper with you can go to the artificial intelligence playlist and see what type of content is available for someone on that board. It's like YouTube, your YouTube channel, you can do the same kind of thing. Exactly, exactly. So we've been able to grow this again to almost 30,000 monthly views. I'm excited to keep checking back in. Any listeners want to hold me accountable to also see this. I have a target other podcaster who is my goal to surpass by end of year. And all of this, by the way, we'll go deeper into the analytics in a second, is done organically. Zero dollars in paid traffic and zero effort from Ralph and his team in terms of creating any new content, doing any new videos, doing any photos. So this is the part where Tom is useless. We just took what you already have. <laughs> well, he did, he did cr help create the content. There's something there. Not that I want to defend him or make him yeah, feel fair, good. Fair. Right. He created the root pieces of content. And so Got that's it. where if you're looking at installing Pinterest into your business, you want to already have content created. So a lot of this too is like we were pulling older content. So a lot of brands that we work with, they may have been posting on Facebook and Instagram for years and they got crickets on their previous posts. We can pull those older posts bring them into the Pinterest platform and be able to start generating visibility back to it. So just high level again of where Pinterest compares to Facebook because you dropped that 1200x stat earlier. Mm. A post on Facebook has a life decay of four hours and a Pinterest post has an average of three to four months. Hmm. We have pins that are still generating traffic three to four years later. So again, if you're listening and thinking, is Pinterest another shiny object? Is this going to take too much extra time? I'm so tired of making new videos. If you already have content in a Dropbox folder, in a Google Drive folder, or on your Instagram, Facebook, or TikTok profiles, you can repurpose it, bring it back to Pinterest, and start generating visibility. So the idea is that it just has a longer life. People are used to the fact that, all right, I'm going to post on social. This is where so many companies get screwed up, I think. And we were talking to a new customer of ours just yesterday, as a matter of fact, and that they didn't really have an overall social strategy as far as what content to post. But even the stuff they posted, they're like, see, it doesn't really have that much of a life, so why should I do it consistently? So it's like this negative loop. Nobody really mm. knows, knows how to create like a viral post. Everybody wants it, but you post it and then you get 27 views and maybe a like and you do that and then you just get frustrated people give up part of that is what i'm hearing from you is because the lifespan of it is just shorter whereas on pinterest it's longer so it can accumulate over time am i correct in absolutely saying that? okay you're 100 percent correct in saying that but also to yes and it your facebook posts or even your tweets or tiktoks whatever your other social media posts are showing that content in a chronological feed. 
Mm. The way that that content gets shown to a greater capacity is leveraging hashtags or trending music, things of that nature that will allow the organic algorithm to push its audience further. How do Pinterest pins get exposure for months? It's keyword centrics. Pinterest is the hybrid of social media and search engine. So that intersection of those two allow Pinterest to be a visual search engine, which means your pins are showing up in Google searches. And you have that social media component to it where there's community. And it's not community that you have to manage as a brand. It's community that the users create for themselves. It's this like own agency the users get. So it's the most unsocial social media platform because you don't have to reply to comments. You're not managing an inbox of DMs with customer service complaints. You're just putting content out there for the world to receive and connect with and then take action on. So take me sort of step by step through somebody who has zero Pinterest presence like we did <laughs> 30 days ago. And what the first thing is, so you looked at all our content and then in your mind, you're like, all right, how am I going to categorize this based upon subject matter? Because this was not something where you had a VA do it and boom, it appeared. Like there were hours that were put into this. There's a half hour plus per day managing this stuff. So it doesn't just magically happen, but it's also the type of thing where it seems like you're putting in the effort now and it's going to last longer. The benefits are going to be lasting longer. So how do you do it? What would be your step-by-step, especially if you're a brand that has a social presence? Maybe you have a YouTube channel. Like Most people have at least something. But what most of them don't have is this, in my experience, our service included. Yeah. Well, I mean, because Pinterest is so 2015. It's Mm. like when Justin Bieber was still a baby is when Pinterest was popular. Now he's a grown man. And we've graduated to more sophisticated social media platforms. So for the agency or the brand themselves who are evaluating if Pinterest makes sense. So there's three types of contents and there's static images, the videos, and then if there are blogs on the website, if there is content available, there is a demand for it on Pinterest. Fun facts, Pinterest has over 460 million users. What? Yep. And not only is it more users than you would anticipate, it's actually three times more active users than LinkedIn. So while Ralph LinkedIn is your go-to social media profile right now, there is one third the number of active users on LinkedIn when compared to Pinterest active users. And when you say active users, meaning what? Like on there every day? Like what? what's considered active? That can range depending on what DAU you're looking at. But for me, they've logged in at least once every 30 days. So you have a platform that has three times more people actively using their platform than LinkedIn. You have a social media channel that thrives with repurposing content. And even if it's not optimized to the two by three, which is the ideal size for a Pinterest pin, which is a post on other social media channels, you'll still see results. Like we have smaller accounts where you don't need to spend 30 plus minutes a day on a Pinterest board. If you're looking to do this and just start to see how it works, you can go to Facebook posts from five years ago, take the image, copy and paste what you wrote on the post and upload it into Pinterest. Yes, you will want to organize your pins into some sort of playlist or channel. So you don't know what to do, throw it into ChatGPT and ask, hey, what are some playlists or channels? Or look at your competitors if they're even on Pinterest and use the same boards that they're doing. But if you have content, Pinterest is a great place for you to upload that content, even at the very basic copy and paste what you put on Facebook, add the image to Pinterest and post. 
because it's keyword rich, anything that you wrote in that post may be discoverable for months or even years afterwards, because it depends on what other solutions are going to show up in that visual search engine. Okay. So a couple of things. I think that the perception is that Pinterest is for moms looking for like fashion and baking and just females doing female stuff. And I'm a B2B business and it was not the thing that we ever really even considered as a potential traffic source, rightly or wrongly. And it's obviously wrongly on that, if that's actually a word. The point is, is I think there is a perception. So let's say we're a marketing agency. So it's the B2B sale. So B2C is kind of a no-brainer in a lot of ways. But is B2B, like if I'm selling, I don't know, semiconductors, should I be putting that on Pinterest? Maybe that's a horrible example, but that's about as B2B as I can probably think of as their limitations as to what types of businesses benefit with this channel. I love that you asked that because there's two pieces to it. It's one is the audience and assumptive women doing stereotypical women things. Right. And Which, two... Yeah, I just pissed off every woman listening to the show, including probably my wife. But I'm just saying that somebody thinks that way. Not me, though. It was somebody else. I'm just speaking for the generalization. So go ahead. Stereotypical stuff does not mean everyone by any means, but it is really high in the beauty, the wedding, and the food space. A lot of recipes are used for Pinterest because the nature of Pinterest is that it's a place you go to plan. You find something interesting, you pin it. It's Pinteresting to you. Therefore, you collect it and review maybe a hairstyle you're going to use later, a nail design. Historically, more women have nail designs. Some cases. Depends on the man. Yeah, but like in a volume size, women historically outnumber men in terms of who gets nail designs. So with that assumption, a lot of businesses neglect Pinterest and are thinking, oh, that's not for me unless I'm in the beauty, wedding, food or interior design space. So to go over some numbers, only 60% of the audience on Pinterest are women. Really? Okay. 40% identify as men or as other. So when only 60% of your audience is women, it already invalidates your assumptions that Pinterest is a place just for women. For the brands, I like to separate them into two categories. The obvious brand that should be on Pinterest, it doesn't make sense why you're not. The wedding, food, beauty, baby that meets that mom stereotype you were discussing earlier, and the non-obvious brands and services and customers. For the brands that are obvious, it's embarrassing if you're not on Pinterest. So if you're listening and you're in that obvious space, stop listening, go sign up for a business profile on Pinterest, download the Google Chrome extension, and at least right-click on the images on your blog, and you'll be able to create rich pins really quickly. So at least you have some sort of presence. But if you're in the non-obvious space, you're saying semiconductors. We've worked with someone who we were helping provide consultation with. They're in the water filtration space. They saw massive visibility and traffic to their website by bringing their content to Pinterest in a way that they hadn't ever thought of. So let's go to that semiconductor, that non-obvious audience. Why it's a really, really good idea for those brands, even in the B2B space, to take on Pinterest as a social media channel to repurpose, redistribute your existing content because there's a supply and demand issue. You have 460 million users. They span the whole gambit of what they're interested in. And so if they're using Pinterest as a place to plan, to inspire, to go as a Google search engine visually before they're ready to go deep into the research, we know 
that all buyers want to become subject matter experts now before they take any action. So Pinterest becomes one of the first places they go in their discovery journey about brands. And where it's amazing is when there's a supply and demand issue and you're the only supplier or there are very few brands in that space, you win every single time. Yeah, that's super interesting. 460 million users. That's a lot of users to neglect if you're a business. (laughs) It's a lot of users to ignore as a potential traffic source for this whole thing. So water filtration, who would have thought? So talk to me about... One of the things that I go to is that, all right, we're getting these clicks and how do you, and the Chrome extension, which we'll leave links in the show notes for all this stuff here, as well as the article that we mentioned in the intro and even setting yourself up on Pinterest as a business, I think is important because a lot of people haven't done that. Obviously we never did until you arrived, but how do you track all of this? And if you're even using like the Chrome extension just to pull images off your blog, and then ultimately the whole goal of this is to get people to visit your site and then ultimately to take the, maybe that first step or that second step, whatever that happens to be from a conversion perspective. Talk to me about tracking on this and how you go about doing it. Perfect. So I'm sharing my screen again to go into the business hub behind the scenes for perpetual traffics. Pinterest account. So this is not publicly displayed anymore. But so if you're not watching YouTube, you should check it out because it goes deeper and fully transparent kind of style. So within Pinterest, we can measure like first party on platform data that in the last 30 days, there's 2,760 clicks that have left Pinterest to go to your website. So we have connected on our pins. I'm going to show you some quick examples. Here's a short that we repurpose. I just don't want it to play and make noise. From this, this is an idea pin. There's three types of pins, by the way, for Pinterest. Idea pins, not all accounts currently allow you to add a website URL. It's coming. They've already announced it's going to be available. But if you have it, great. If you don't, don't worry, it's coming. So this ideal pin has generated over 1,200 impressions which has gotten 56 people to take action and click into this pin. And 54 of them saved this. So they're saving it to a board of theirs. Remember that social media profile that's the most unsocial social media channel there is? You don't have to do anything with those 54 people because they found this so valuable that they're saving it into their boards and what they're looking at. And so this pin still has a link to the website and they can click into your actual profile page. So these are clicks that we can see. But if we go back, those don't count in the outbound click 2,760 visitors in the last 30 days. So here you can see that the pin is embedded with that actual URL. So here we know that if they click on that URL, they're going directly to this website. And that's being calculated in that 2,760 individuals that left Pinterest to go to an outside source. So the external traffic from Pinterest to the respective URLs that we're sending traffic to. Other ways that you can continue to track, Pinterest does have the Chrome extension, and they have a tag. So you can add the Pinterest tag so that you can start tracking conversion metrics. So what we haven't done yet, which, hey, Tom, now now I'm going to call on you because you need to be useful again. What we'll want to make sure is that on the different pages that we're sending traffic to, that we have forms that have a pass-through hidden field that notates if that individual is coming from Pinterest or not. We'll be able to know based off of different conversion channels if they become a lead. As I understand, Tier 11 doesn't have any purchase or Stripe account that we can install like e-commerce style tracking elements to, but there are still measurements that we can get and track back to, but that gets at a next 
sophisticated level where you do need someone semi-useful like Tom. Right, right. Well, we have people that do that. For us, it's all offline conversion tracking, really. But at the very least, being able to, and just going into, I assume tracking at a base level will be viewed through Google Analytics as the Pinterest source. And that's for perpetual traffic. We're not sending to tier11.com. We're sending to perpetualtraffic.com in all cases here. That's just a simple Google Analytics search to be able to see it, but then to take it to the next level as far as conversion go, because there isn't like a purchase right there. There could be an opt-in potentially. That's like a next level sort of thing, which maybe we'll have to talk about that in later episodes. Because right now we're just getting clicks and traffic to the site. But I think if you're an e-commerce business or you know a business that sells anything or you're working for an opt-in or you sell a digital product, you're trying to get people to your webinar or whatever it happens to be, there is absolutely metrics on there to show those types of primary conversion actions through those clicks. And you can see that straight through on Pinterest without spending ad dollars. Am I correct in assuming that? Yes. So just like you have a Metapixel, there's the Pinterest tag that you can use and track all those conversions. We see a lot of added carts for e-commerce brands when they first kick off with Pinterest. And the caveat is, since Pinterest is a place that people go for planning, we have seen Pinterest behavior be six to nine weeks ahead of their Google inbound or actual decision-making behavior. So in the higher ed space, right, where you're considering an expensive purchase, like a $100,000 MBA for Pepperdine, for example, we know statistically that students that are interested in spending up to $100,000 for a graduate degree are only going to actually consider three schools. They're not going to look at others. They're going to nail it down to three and then actually make a decision from three. When you're leveraging Pinterest, you get to get in front of all those other brands not participating and be one of the first considered of brands that they're aware of. So that consideration stage is longer, but the awareness, you're first, you're first in line. And there's, again, at like a deeper level, like, so this is stage one. Stage one is getting content from perpetual traffic that's available on other channels, bringing it to Pinterest. Stage two is, all right, awesome. We're generating all this website traffic to your site, perpetualtraffic.com. What are we doing with that? How are we tracking it? Are we connecting leads? What is the average duration of those visitors on your website? That goes into off Pinterest tracking. And then from you go at a deeper, maybe it's, do you have a specific form or lead magnet that you're providing people from Pinterest, knowing that they're six to nine weeks ahead of their consideration stage. So you talked about like squeeze pages, for example, or what type of content you're giving to them where they are in their journey to you, you can get even more sophisticated in ways that like Pinterest traffic can be highly leverageable because there's plenty of studies that say 60 to 90% of everyone that finds something on Pinterest purchases that product on Pinterest. That's amazing. That's even higher than Instagram. That's higher than Reels. Meta has tons of data on that. But it, it really is. It, it's a discovery vehicle. Like it's almost pre-engagement content in a lot of ways. Yeah. And in a lot of ways, when you go into the first level one, get your stuff onto Pinterest because there's people that are searching for it. You don't need to use a fancy keyword research tool. You literally just use predictive search text. So you go into the Pinterest bar. And if you've got content that's about a lip tint, I was like, you can't see it, but like, if you have a lip tint, you just go into the Pinterest search bar, type in lip tint, and you're going to see based on search volume, what predictive keywords you can use. And then just pop that predictive search text into chat GPT. Say, please give me a title between 
85 characters to 100 characters about this and then give me a description that's 450 characters. You get up to 500, but we do 450 about this subject. And then all you do is you bring the image, copy and paste from ChatGPT, and then you're able to create more pins in one week than you would do normally in one month because you're repurposing and leveraging with AI versus creating from scratch and coming up with what I want to talk about. And you're just taking what you've already done and putting on a platform where people are seeking it out. So predictive search terms starts there and we'll leave links for some of these tools, which I assume are either within like their business manager, but also we'll leave more information on that. Oh, it's a search bar mm-hmm. on Pinterest's page. Ah, okay. So you don't have to use the tool. You just go into Pinterest.com and use their native search bar. That's the extent of your keyword research. That's even easier. So in your case with like the Perpetual's traffic stuff, so we do a headline and then we do a description. Were you taking those and just rewording them in chat GPT and then that's what you were posting? Or were you just taking it verbatim and doing it? Like what's the key there? It depends. If there was a description for a YouTube video, for example, then we'll take it and use a lot of the same. Sometimes chat GPT is annoying. And we will do a little bit rewarding, but also a lot of times we don't have to because it's giving us what makes sense and what would drive someone to want to learn more about this. Because I think of all the pins as like the trailer to a movie, right? You want someone to be like, oh, this is really interesting. I'm now inspired to take action. It's awareness that leads to action. And Pinterest is the only social media platform that rewards you for having users take action. They're not saying, stay on Pinterest, let people go. No, they're saying, hey, please set them up with success. They're here to plan and to be inspired. Success for us looks like they've been inspired to take action. And the other thing that you said when we first started talking about this is that it's a social channel that you don't have to be social on necessarily because it's the users that do all the work for you. Meaning like, oh my God, it's one more channel for me to like monitor comments and I have to talk to people and they're DMing me and all these. No, that is not the case. Not at all. You can apply to comments if you want. You'll see people will comment on your pins, but they're not expecting you to. That's not known behavior. They're not engaging with you in a way to start a conversation. Pinterest isn't a place to start a conversation to stay on Pinterest. Pinterest is a place to place your content, inspire someone to take action and leave. Which is fascinating. And they've just accepted the fact that is the case. They know who they are and they're understanding that. And then now they're even forming relationships with partners who understand that as well, which I'm sure there's a quid pro quo there to a certain degree with the Amazon crowd. But it's like they get who they are. And as a user or as somebody who hasn't ever set up a business page, like how quickly can you deploy it? If you have content right now, you're doing it, you're doing it manually but is this something that a VA can do? Listen to this episode. Is there any like resources we can give people so that they can start doing this on their own? Like, what's your sense? Yeah. So uh, if you want to do it, there's like different levels, of course. If you want to just at bare minimum, you want to have a presence, you want to get your content easiest way, either the brand owner or a VA, you set up a business profile on Pinterest. You may already have a Pinterest profile, but it's personally change it, make it your logo for the image and make it your company's name. And then you'll work on claiming the website. Full disclosure, they've just changed the requirements for business verification. So again, if you're an Amazon seller, and you are looking at potentially considering Pinterest because of this huge Amazon partnership with Pinterest, 
you need to start at least create your account now because there's a three month requirement before you can become a verified website. So you can get your blue check mark. You don't have to pay $8 or anything. At least now you don't, but you do have to wait three months. And we're in Black Friday planning already. As soon as you're done with Prime Day, this should be one of the first things you do. At least just set it up. So as a business owner, the VA, what you'll just do is you have your business profile page set up, install the Google Chrome extension, create a board. You don't even have to create a board cover. Just give a board a name, give it a playlist, even if you call it blog. At least you'll have a board that says blog. And then what you need to do is spend five seconds going to your website, clicking on the images that are embedded on your blog. You'll see the Pinterest Chrome extension icon pop up on that image. If you click on it, there's gonna be a dropdown that says, which board do you wanna assign this to? And Pinterest will create the pin for you. You have the chance to edit, of course, the title and description. It's called a rich pin, so it's pulling the rich content that's already available. So you could post it as is, takes you three seconds or less, or you could look at it and say, hey, I wanna rewrite this. My title was written in all caps and I don't wanna yell at someone. Then you hit post and you literally will have pins that quickly. This sounds like something you could just do a couple of times, record a few Loom videos, and then hand it off to someone else. Yes. You can also, Pinterest has a free course. They have an updated training they did like two months ago where it's like two hours of stuff if you really want to master Pinterest. They're providing a two-hour video that's all about how you set up and learning enough about Pinterest if you want to do it yourself or if you want to extend it to a VA. Where you'll find success with Pinterest of what we're currently seeing amongst all of our clients, and I'll show my screen again into perpetual traffics, video all other social media platforms is the preferred medium of consumption. So if you have a short, if you have a TikTok, if you have an IG reel, Instagram just launched last week that you can download your IG reels as long as it's not like a private account, but all of those reels are available. You could download those and upload them into Pinterest as an idea pin. So the first one I told you about was a rich pin where Pinterest will make the pin for you using that Google Chrome extension. Second is the idea pin, which is a short form video. Really great if you're making TikToks, IG Reels and YouTube Shorts, uploading them into Pinterest, throwing the chat GPT a title and a description about that encourages someone to take the next step and leave, be inspired to take action. But those are working really well right now. Six to 15 seconds is the best performing timeframe for Pinterest content. You don't have to create anything new, but six to 15 second videos that are performing the best is literally showing you Pinterest says, Show me something quickly and get them off Pinterest. Inspire them to take action. Six seconds. So there might be, if you're an e-commerce store, you might have a video of your product just like rotating in your hands for a few seconds. Upload that up and boom, now you have keywords that if someone's looking for a product that involves tea tree oil or a product that is sugar-free, you'll show up in their internal search engine. That's tremendous. Well, we have a lot of links that we're going to leave in the show notes here. Lauren Petrullo from Mongoose Media. Where can people find you aside from here at Perpetual Traffic on a regular basis now? You can visit my website, mongoosemedia.us, or you can connect with me on socials at Lauren E. Petrullo. You can pronounce Petrullo however you want. Don't worry. It's all right. I tend to like butcher last names, but I think I got yours right, aside from the Italian pronunciation. But this has been tremendous. So Pinterest... Pinterest non-believers, I think you've turned them into believers here today on the show, which I appreciate. And of course, if you like what you're listening to here, make sure you subscribe and leave a rating wherever you listen. 
We're big on Spotify right now, Lauren. We're blowing up on Spotify. I don't know what it is. I think well, this episode will probably blow up even more because Cossum isn't on it, which is good. People are getting tired of the long hair, the long, winding, overly erudite words that he uses and the 25-cent phrases and his $10 conspiracy things. Words. $10 dictionary words. Yeah, yeah. He's up there. He's paying a lot for his words these days. So anyway, you're a breath of fresh air here on Perpetual Traffic. Look forward to the next time that you come back on and we'll give an update on what's going on here as well as a lot of other cool things I'm pretty psyched about. So Lauren's going to be a regular guest here on PT, everyone. So thank God for that. You don't have to listen to me all the time. Let us know what we can do better over at perpetualtraffic.com forward slash better. We do read every one of those. And this is actually an outgrowth of one of those or two or three of those suggestions over the course of the last year. So we do listen to you. Follow me over on LinkedIn. Follow Perpetual Traffic on Pinterest, of course. And don't follow Cossum on Twitter. He's too long-winded. Go back and listen to previous episodes and make sure you check out our YouTube channel. It is Perpetual Traffic, not Perpetual Traffic Podcast. Somebody got that one a long time ago and we lost the admin logins, which is hysterical. But anyway, look for us, our smiling faces in the profile picture with a little link in the show notes for that. All resources and show notes are, of course, over at perpetualtraffic.com. On behalf of Lauren Petrullo for Perpetual Traffic, Thank you so much for listening. Until next show, see ya. You've been listening to Perpetual Traffic. 